podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good morning, Friday morning, Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Um, I'm Gav. This is Kev. This is the Torty from the Talking Cop for our members. And there's people here on a Friday morning. Paul is here. Paul had a, Paul Giovanni had a great day yesterday. Full of randomness. He was great crack. The rest of them awful. Rob Meta is here. Still don't know where Rod lives, but I'm, I think it's Australia because he's literally just got home and need to go to the toilet. He says, can you wait five minutes? We need to know where he's from. Brian O'Sullivan, yeah. he's here. Mac, he's here. P is here. And um, I'm sure Emma's hanging on somewhere. Telegram Chronicles, they're coming. They're coming in droves today. They're coming in droves. Do you know what happened? The morning started off and it was like, lads, say nothing in here this morning because you open your mouth, you know, gavel bleeding, haunt you from 10 o'clock onwards. And then they couldn't help themselves. They couldn't help themselves. <laughs> it went from being zen. It went from being relaxed. It went from sably, nothing. These are all rats. They couldn't keep their mouth for about five minutes. And I'm going to explain it all in a little bit as well. Paul has one or two for us today. Happy days. Madge Apple is in. Good morning, Madge Apple. She did send me an email of the jacket that she wears. It's quality. Absolute quality. Oh, excellent. So, um, yeah, she excellent. proved that she does have the jacket. Megan McCallion is in. Happy days. So... Kev, before we get on to what basically is the Gar, Brian and Emmett show, right, and the Telegram Chronicles, um, football, let's talk a little bit about that, and it's Newcastle a bit about football, are yeah. fucked, Kev, let's get it out of the way from early doors, yeah. they were awful last night, Kieran Trippier is not the best right back in the world has ever, ever seen, he's absolutely no. flogged his players to the point where he puts the same team out again and doesn't make a sub, which are enforced on 90 minutes. Uh, what is going on? Well, that was the fourth time in a row he's made the same selection of players, bar Nick Pope. So mm-hmm. four games in a row. When you look at the games as well, from PSG, Manchester, <coughs> Manchester United, they had one, another one I can't remember, and last night. Mm-hmm. But the PSG one and the Manchester United one, they ran the legs off, off the players those two nights. Sailed through one, lost. But last night, you could tell a mile away Everton were the better side. We yeah. we said it yesterday morning that we fancied Everton to do something in that one. Once they once and they decided they didn't want the ball, which is what they done. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But Everton were the better side by um, and it wasn't even close. It, it should have been more than three. If they if Everton were more clinical and better with the final ball, it would have been more than three. Um, yeah. But it didn't surprise me. Eddie Howe, while he might be a decent coach, um, he hasn't got a clue how to manage a squad. He hasn't got a clue how to manage between league, Europe, cup. You know, he, he doesn't understand that yet. And this is why I think Newcastle, after this experiment of this season of being in the Champions League, will move on very swiftly from Eddie Howe and get in a proper manager who understands the, how what it, what it takes to manage 24 players that you need to compete on all fronts. He just doesn't have it. And the reason why he's got so many injuries, you look at the type of injuries they have, it's because of overplay. Callum Wilson, who knew that Callum Wilson was injury prone? And the more you play Callum Wilson, Callum Wilson is likely to get injured. 
We've I seen don't that know. Liverpool I, I, that was a shocker to me. We've seen that Liverpool where you like get a lot of yeah. muscle injuries and um, no impact injuries are impact injuries. What can you do? Look, it's a game of that football. Happens. It's physical. You know, it's it's contact sport. But like, I you see, Roy, I don't mind that Newcastle are having this sort of form. I don't mind that this has happened to Newcastle. This happens to teams, right? Especially when you're trying to, whether you like them or not, when you're trying to build a squad, right, over a certain period of time to compete. Now, I think they got it. I don't think get ahead of themselves probably the wrong thing to say, but they overachieved, I think, last year, okay, for what they yeah. had. And they've gone into this season and I, they probably haven't added enough, right, in order to keep themselves going, right? But my only annoyance in all this is how everyone speaks Newcastle up like they're the fucking, they're the, they're the next big thing, they're the, you know, they're the messiah of football, you know, or look at little Newcastle doing this and, you know, you're not allowed to open your mouth about the plucky underdogs. You know what I mean? The pl- yeah. The plucky underdogs th- tag. That's, that's the only annoyance it. for me. And it's not, and people will, might turn around and go, I oh, know you're being a bit fucking, you know, you're being a bit, um, I don't know, like a bit of a prick there or whatever. Are you, is, 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 do you, you know, you're saying, do you give them credit through great yeah. teeth? No, listen, I've said it from the very start. What Newcastle have done on the pitch is really good. What they've done yeah. off the pitch right up until now is really good. Because they're in, they haven't done anything out of the ordinary. Who owns them? Big issue. And what's coming down the road? Definite issues. Massive right? issue. Right? Unless certain things happen to other clubs that puts these owners off themselves. But this is what happens when you get... And regardless of who you are, this is what happens when your club, they're over at Chies, gets into Europe, Champions League especially, because it's so hard regardless of what group you're in. Yeah. And then you're trying to manage that. And you're trying to get it through the group. You're trying to compete and do the Premier League thing. Do you get me? Like, yeah. I'm not saying Newcastle aren't having a great time in the Champions League. But I think if Newcastle had got into the Europa League this year, right, they would have been able to manage this a little bit better, would have got themselves through the group fairly handy, right, and been, and been, not have all these issues with injuries, competed well in the league, and possibly got top four, and then look to strengthen next year. <coughs> and that's all. I, that's all I am with it. It's, yeah. it's just, it's just what happened. I mean, the thing is, you look at the bench that they had last night. Okay, um, Emil Kraft has been around the Premier League for a while. You know, he's he's not inexperienced. No, you can't tell me that he couldn't have been rotated in to start last night. Yeah. Matt right Ritchie, back, right another back. one. Kraft. A right back in them. Craft right back, short wing back, yeah. <laughs> Matt Ritchie, another one. Been around the block, knows the league inside out, knows what it takes to play. Yeah. You could have got an hour out of Matt Ritchie last night. Yeah. Young fella Hall they signed from Chelsea. They didn't buy him for peanuts. They paid no. good money for him. Lewis Hall. They left, left him on back. the bench last night. Yeah. They left him on the bench last night. Didn't yeah. even get on the pitch. Dummer, another one. Couldn't get on the pitch. Um Gillespie keeper, Carrius keeper, um Murphy, young fella. Parkinson, young fella, and Amadou Diallo. He, there was a, he, they, you know, they brought him in as well. You know, from I think was it Southampton they got him from. God, I don't but know. another one, he's he, yeah, Amadou Diallo, Newcastle, Newcastle Academy. He's come through, but he's been around for a while. You know, he's highly thought of. The whole point is, you're going away to Everton, who aren't they're in decent form, but they can be got at, especially if you get ahead of them in a the game, they'll collapse. But Last night, 
you could tell a mile after that Newcastle squad were flogged to that. And they just didn't have it in the tank. And, the, you know, Everton, in fairness to them, without the 10-point deduction, are top are in the top, would be in the top half now. They'd be above Chelsea. They'd be so, in 10th, I think, wouldn't they? Yeah, they'd be in 10th. So, yep. they'd have compared points. to where they were this time last year, Dyche is doing a good job. You know, Dyche is doing a very yeah. good job. I think he's doing, and, in fairness to him, they looked appalling at the start of the season. And then they, they kind of found their feet. Because <clears throat> I think they might have about four points after about seven games or something, right? Um, yeah, but they could have had more. They, they, the games they that they, they lost at home they at the start. They could yeah, have, did, exactly, they didn't, but right? they, were in, they were in those games. Like, yeah, it wasn't as, see, they got, as if they got hammered. Yeah, I know. But the, the problem was it was Wolves and Fulham where you're going to point out who they could have won. And Wolves mm. and Fulham are average and where everything should be looking yeah. to be above and that was the problem if you were in games against you know Chelsea and United you kind of go they're in those games you're not a bit unlucky but it wasn't it was Wolves and Fulham um, they're beating the home by Luton right? yeah. so but but they've <coughs> well, Sean Dyche has identified and me and Dave Downey have spoken about this he's identified the fact that when they go away from home they give up possession of the football they stay solid and when they win it they look for the likes of Decore, McNeil, Harrison, um, Onana at times. Um, that's his name, isn't it? The fellow at midfield, Onana. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Onana, yeah. Um, Calvert-Leon, you know, to to go and affect the game and, 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 and grab goals from even their left-back, Mikhailenko, scored two weeks in a row. And yeah. the big issue was, was at home, they went to try to come out and do something different than it was on Walker. And I am I said to we were talking to Dave last week, and I said to him, Dave, he'll go to Forest and he'll win because just give Forest the fucking ball, you're fine. But they need to follow that up with. I think it's I think it's Newcastle now, Chelsea at home at the weekend, where you just go, listen, we're just playing like we're away from home. Forget the thirty five thousand fellas being constantly. They do that anyway. It, that's yeah, what they go to Goodison for. Let them have the fucking ball. Everton had thirty nine percent of the game ball last night. Thirty nine percent. Right? Yeah. Okay. I look I look into the stats now, but I'm nearly sure it was thirty one or thirty two percent. Thirty eight percent. Yeah. But in the first half in the first half they had thirty two percent of the ball. Right? Thirty two percent. And it finishes up with thirty eight percent. They've a they've an XG of three point three six, which is bollocks anyway, XG, right? But twenty one shots they had, three big chances. Yeah. They made half of the passes that uh, Newcastle made. They had six shots on targets to Newcastle's three. Right? They had seven block shots. They had ten sh- 16 shots inside the box from 21. Right? So when you look at it, when you look at it, they're, what they're doing with literally every time Newcastle touched this ball ten times, we're going to touch a four. But we're going to end up having 16 shots in their box. What's the problem? I go to Goodison. I would go to Goodison. And go, yeah, that's absolutely fine. No problem. But yeah, they win. They'll be fine. They win. They'll be fine. Newcastle, I think, are, are in trouble. They they're up against Spurs the weekend. Who we move on to now? And um, yeah. look, I falling, watched, fall, um, falling off a cliff, Kev. Yeah, I watched. I watched. Do you know what? To be honest, I watched most of the um, the game last night, the Everton Newcastle game, because. I'll be honest, I, I watched the first 15 minutes of the Spurs game 
And Spurs were all over West Ham like a rash. They absolutely battered them for 20 minutes and they got 1-0 up. And I said, like, oh, it's going to be hiding this. So I flicked it back over to watch the Everton-Newcastle game. And then I had a message through saying that West Ham, West Ham had levelled and the game had petered out and flattened out. It seems to me the way the Spurs have decided to try to attack games is get ahead in the first half hour, put pour every ounce of everything you've got into the first 30 minutes, get ahead, and then ride it out. And <coughs> yeah, but the thing is... I'm, lo- I'm looking at their, their squad there, and it's like you have Basuma and Hoiberg in the middle of the park. The Celso, they've got back into the squad. Brendan Johnson's a good player. Always liked it, but they paid big money for it. You know, so I mean, 46, 47 million they paid for it. And Kulisevsky on the other side. They should be beating the likes of West Ham at home. But it seems to me like once they get ahead in games, they've, they've got it into their head that we have to score two, we have to score three. And rather than say, okay, we've got one ahead, let's reset, let's ride out the next 10 minutes and manage the game. They don't have the ability to manage the game. They can't hold the lead. They're kind of like Man City at the moment. Man City get ahead in games and they can't manage the games like they used to. Man City used to be able to get 1-0 ahead and then you're not getting the ball off them. Spurs are the opposite where they get 1-0 ahead and they go looking for two or three and you know that they're going to give up counters because of the way he's got them set up to play so yeah, but the, but the arrogance and it's it's nonsense to be honest. It's childish football. But the but the thing is, right? The only thing I think West Ham would have been quite all right with being penned in there last night. <laughs> Bar conceding. Because I think it's the same with sports. If you give them the ball, they don't hurt you. They don't hurt you, Kev. We've seen it. We played them with nine men and they didn't hurt yes. us. Because what, what what what's happening is Brennan Johnson is a good footballer, but he's not going to open you up. He's not going to see a pass and open you up. Son is very direct. Son's a good player, but Son is more central now, so they're trying to feed him rather than him being, you know, the, the architect of things. Kulisevsky wants space in behind you, right, mm-hmm. to put you in doubt. But I don't think he opened you up, right? Nope. Heuberg doesn't open you up. Basuma doesn't open you up. Do you know what I mean? So what I think where someone went, yeah, we'll have to just dog this for 25 minutes. But they can see it. But what happens? What happens? West Ham still don't come and do anything. West Ham just go, Grant, we can see that we're just going to do this again. We get the half time, we see how it goes. And then what happens is they they just nudge and nudge and nudge sports. And seven minutes, I think it is, into the second half, they score through bone. And then they wait. And what happens invariably comes, Spurs make a bollocks or something. War Prowse gets it. And if you watch then for the last 20 minutes, 23 minutes, including injury time, I think, after Bowen scores. Sports don't do anything. I've no, no, I can't, I can't remember them doing anything. I've no. Well, I'm looking, because, I'm looking at the stats here now, and I know you don't like XG as as a stat, but no, it's, it's an indicator. It's, it's a stupid the, stat. It's an indicator as to t- to the quality of chances that a, that a side gets. Not enough, All not right. enough now, things are put into the data to determine the quality of the chance, though. But if, if but if you're getting seven shots on target and you're only expected to score one point seven nine as an XG. Mm-hmm. Off the back of seventy-five percent possession and the total of twenty-three shots, mm-hmm. that means West Ham had twenty-five percent of the ball, had a higher xG of two point three three, eleven shots and five on target. So that means that West Ham were getting the better quality chances on the counter than the side who were at home dominating the ball and couldn't create 
a sausage because they don't have a centre forward. They they're trying to convert Son. Son is a good finisher. If you get Son into space, if you draw, if Spurs were the side to side under like a Conte, where they'd sit back, soak up the pressure, and hit you on a break, Son is Son Kulusevski, Brennan Johnson are a dream because they they play in behind. They love space to run yep. into. You you do what West Ham done to him and said, yeah, here have the ball. We're going to put two banks of four, and we'll put Kudus up front wide, so that when we when Warprouse gets the ball, he can ping a ball over the top for him. They haven't got a clue how to answer it because their fullbacks are gone as well, and you're left with what's that Welsh fella's centre half that they lined up last night? Davies. Davies. Davies playing a centre back. It's like they've got no pace. He's a left back as well, but he's getting older. So he can't play left back anymore because he can't get up and down the pitch. So I he's don't. Just, we'll he's, stick he's in crap. the middle anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know. But the only thing that Spurs do have, I think, and you, I, I give it to him, is Vicario is a very good keeper. Mm-hmm. They're young keeper they brought in, and nobody had ever heard of him. They got him in. He looks a real quality player, and they they'll get into Europe this season, I think. They're, but I don't I don't see how they finish above Villa. I, I, oh, the only boy. thing that I think could hurt the only thing I think that can hurt Villa is I think Villa will win the Europa the Conference League, hmm. and longer and deeper that that go that they go in that Spurs have no Europe to worry about. That could benefit Spurs on in this the last third of the season, yeah. unless Villa go out in January and bring in one or two. Hmm. But Spurs are desperate for a centre forward, someone to play off a strike a, a target striker that they can use and someone to bounce off and bring others in and around him. Son is not a centre forward striker. No. He's just not. I think he's a wide he's a wide striker. Yeah. Um he's a wide player. Yeah, look, it's they they lost um XG is nonsense. Um but people people <laughs> use it. It's absolutely not nonsense. But no, I I get I just look at the amount of shots he had and the amount of shots he had on target. Um yeah. and you know then for what are we're looking at the table now I tell you, this is the this is the week. This this block of three games, your the, the the league table now is starting to split into yeah. good gaps. It'll start, it'll, it will start to take shape. Um, it takes yeah. it always takes shape between the middle of December and just before the the, the league game before the FA Cup starts at yeah. the start of January. That's where it takes shape, and yeah. it will take shape because I think we play the FA Cup and then we're off for a couple of weeks, aren't we? Um, before yeah, we, we come yeah. back. Um, anyway, yeah. um. Matip is gone. Yeah, well, Matip's gone for the for the for the season. It looks like so. Um, there's been an awful lot of talk around centre backs. Um, there's been an awful lot. You know, will they do something? Will they not? Bum 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 bum. Um, but I don't usually touch this stuff until the January window opens. Um, I thought Liverpool wouldn't do anything in the uh, January transfer window. That was before the thing happened with Matip. But I still need convincing that they will actually do something anyway. But Kev, without going mad into it, tell me what you've seen this morning. What I've seen this morning is something that I really think has legs is Maxine Lacroix, um, centre-back at Wolfsburg. Been at Wolfsburg now for about four years. Anyone who plays FIFA knows who this guy is. He is the go-to centre-back for starter teams in, in, in FIFA. But in real life, he's 23 years of age, six foot three. He's rapid, and he plays on the right side mainly of the centre, of a back four. Came from the same academy set up as Ibu, played for France all the way through, 
the youth setup. Never played under twenty ones for France. Moved to Germany. At, um, I think I think he was about eighteen when he moved to when he moved to Wolfsburg. And he's he's been steadily improving his game. And I don't think Matip was ever going to. I don't know if Matip was going to be extended, going to be offered a new contract next summer. Because, but one thing that I would say is with this kind of injury, he won't be registered for the second half of the season no. as a Liverpool player in the squad. So it automatically frees up a squad place that Liverpool could bring forward any business they were potentially looking to do next summer. They could bring that business forward to do it in January. And Maxine Lacroix fits the bill of what Liverpool will be looking for. Who's a it's coming from a lot of it from Germany. Um, the usual suspects in Germany, where you start to see, um, I think Platten, Plattenberg has talked about it. There's a, and a few of the British press have, have talked about it as well. But he's the right age profile. He's the right player profile more than anything else. Mm. He's very kind of Ibu Kanate type uh, profile when you're looking at it. And plus the fact that he's got four years worth of experience in the Bundesliga at a good level. And he's still only 23. I think he's, uh, and he wouldn't cost the earth. He'd be, you'd be looking in in the region of between 22 and 25 million pounds for him. Okay. Uh, he's got 18 months left in his contract. I, I just think he's tailor made for what Liverpool would be looking for okay. in a centre back. Right. I'd be uh, very surprised if, if. Yeah. Paul Giovanni says, if anyone wants his name, it's Maxence Lacroix. Uh, good yeah. man Kev I struggle to pronounce his name since Gavin Mulch um, but look uh, we're not going to go mad into the centre half stuff no um, it's just one that's thrown out there we'll throw it in the morning we will have transfer stuff coming during January um, we usually do two a week or yeah. one a week depending on how it's going um, and we will do it throughout January and we will be all about Liverpool and all the other clubs as well all anyway, the other clubs Kev enough of the football Right. Enough for the football. Enough for the football. Enough of the football. It's time. It's time for Telegram Chronicles. So, um, let me see. Where do I start here? Now, I did tell you this morning that the lads were like, so just, just to give you an, just to give you an, an idea of what's going on, right? Um, Gar McDonald, 8 o'clock this morning. Straight off the bat, be careful what you're saying here this morning. Lads, I gotta make fun of you on the pod later. Brian O'Sullivan just tries to nudge him a little bit. He says, what is bothering you this morning, Gar? Now, Gar McDonald makes a statement, right? Here he goes. He makes a statement, and it just completely, he's lying. And he, I'll prove that he's lying, right? I'm zen as a motherfucker this morning. But the coffee grinder isn't working, so there's always a possible chance of annoyance there, to be quite honest. Oh, you'll have to have tea, says Brian, right? Emma comes in, strolls in as if he's fucking J.K. Rowling and says, we hold the future of the Telegram Chronicle segment in the palm of our hands, right? But then he spots the coffee grinder comment. What happens? Uh-oh, right? Emma knows. Emma can feel it, right? Fucking Telegram segment in the palm of our hands. Anyway, Brian O'Sullivan, ping, light bulb moment. He says, anyone else think this? Why do some people put the toilet roll on the wrong way around? It should be on the outside, not dropping down on the inside against the wall. Always rolling out, always rolling out, not in. Can't understand why people put it on rolling in against the wall. First of all, can I just pause here, Kev? There isn't a right or wrong way to put toilet roll on a toilet roll holder. There simply isn't. 
There simply isn't. There. Right. Do you know the best way to put this on? Is whatever way your missus wants it on, that's the way it goes on. That's the right way. Whatever way, if you put it on the wrong way and it draws ire on you, you do the opposite for the rest of your days and you're happy out. As the last, as the, the Telegram app went further on to say, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, but there's no wrong way. Anyway. No, there's no wrong way. Anyway, Brian brings photographic evidence. He sends in photographic evidence. But with the photographic evidence, we notice that he, Brian stores his iron standing in the toilet, his ironing board standing in the toilet beside the toilet roll, which is incredible news. All right. He may also have transferable stickers on the rim of the toilet that you sit on. Okay. Toilet seat. Mental. Anyway, he decides to put in photo evidence. Emma, you're right, Brian. It should have a fringe, not a mullet. Okay. A nice, a nice attempt at, um, comedy there from Emma. Fair fucking play to him, right? He was in great form. Uh, it, despite losing, um, inspirational manager of the year awards last night to, um, the girl I can't remember, but he lost, um, congratulations again. He's in great form. He's in great form, right? Karen McDonald, who was Zen. Now remember, remember the word Zen. He says, psychopaths and people that leave empty butter and milk, etc. back in the fridge. <laughs> Right, so he's gone from very zen. He's got he's gone very zen to like guys fucking losing the plot. Right, um, no time to give out this morning. Says guy, now wait for the next sentence. I have to email Sheen and give out about an order that he fucked up. I know that's a contradiction, but fuck it. Right, okay, fair enough, guy. Um. Did they send you the wrong French knickers? Emma is like, Jesus Christ, Emma is like Peter <laughs> K on here this morning. Did they send you the wrong French knickers? No, Gar. We need this meltdown at Sheen live. What knickers Gar's wear is his own business, by the way. Crisis averted, lads. Coffee grinder is back walking. The Zen is trying to return. The Zen is trying to return. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, wouldn't know what, fe- what drinking coffee feels like, says Brian, because I don't drink it. Emma, well, this is brilliant, he says. You're missing out big time. I used to be the same. Give her a try. And now I love the stuff. Nah. Nah, says Brian. Hot chocolate does me. I don't need anything like that to wake me up in the mornings. I'll be grand. I drink it for the taste, not the buzz, says Emma. Emma, now, a fucking Colombian coffee, fucking being connoisseur, right? Um, he, he just changes character. He's like, Jesus Christ, he changes character so many times. Okay. Um... Paul Giovanni says you need dramatic music playing in the background. Well, that is an idea. I might look that up. I might actually look mm. that up. I can just see it now. Farmer Brian coming home to herself and the child after a hard day's graft. Now Emma is a real storyteller. Roll Dal. She has the flannelette sheets, fluffy slippers, and a hot chocolate waiting on him. Living the dream. Okay. You're spoiled rotten, by the way, says Emma. <laughs> that has never happened. And the only thing I enjoy there, if it did, would be the hot chocolate. I don't fuck flannelette sheets. We're all well cooked in your fleece last night, Emma. If Mrs. Brian listened to the Chronicles, I'd say he'd get some clatter for this in the sheets. That was from you, Kev. You jumped in. Yeah. You jumped in. You couldn't just... The temptation just, got the better of you, Kev. The temptation got the better of you. <coughs> I wouldn't, because she knows I hate them. She doesn't care. She just says, well, I like them, so I use them. We know who the boss is in, you know. Shay Sullivan. Right. Um, whatever the missus says goes. Kind of calms down then. It's all good. It's all good. Emma, 
Still not out of bed at 8.38, by the way. So I get up in a minute, make my extra-large Americano smooth, and log in for 9 a.m. He's clearly still in that meeting because he hasn't showed his fucking face here, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> right, then it all goes mad. He's, uh, Brian says, you said log in. That doesn't mean you'll be starting work at 9. Just technically start. Oh, no. I have a 9 a.m. meeting every morning. You have a terrible opinion of me. Oh, no, you're dead right, really. Why would you get out of bed before you need to do anything anyway? Gar's back. Gar's back. <laughs> Fuck me. Shane, I'm on your cunts. Sorry for the word cunts, but that's where he wrote. You have to enter all your info again to log your complaint form. Nothing stored on the app or site. Bastards. <laughs> like he was Grant. Remember the word Zen. We keep going Man. back to the word Zen. Emmett says, I love a good complaint. It's brought me many compensations down the years, all fully warranted, mind you. Emma thrives on complaining and being compensated for it. Well, right? You'd be amazed at how many Americans complain that our bedrooms in the hotel are too warm. Fuckers are always looking for money off due to being too warm. Remember the words then? Hello, you're in fucking Donegal in fucking December. Zen, Zen, Zen. Emmett says, relax. I don't complain over nothing now. Faulty TVs, other people receiving my private messages, etc. Actual complaints. Who in the name of fucking Jesus is sending you a private message to the hotel you're staying in? Like, seriously, what is going on here? You know, do do people ring the hotel and go, um, message for Emmett? He's probably lost his phone again, so that's what happens. He just diverts everything back to the hotel reception. It's 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 mental. Um, let me see. Uh, let me see. If you come to Ireland, and especially Donegal, then expect it to be freezing and the rooms to be warm. Open a window, says Brian O'Sullivan. Exactly, says Gar. No fucking fleece blankets around here. Much calmer in here this morning altogether, says Brian. Right? So, <laughs> it was. It was and they thought they got away with it. Gary McDonald says, Yes, I've calmed down. Have to go to the mother in law's lair to put up our decorations, so that should be fun. I'll be at that myself this weekend. Now, I'm going to be honest, I read that as I'll be at myself this weekend, Gar, which is, you know, Brian, that's your own business if you're going to be at yourself. But I read it wrong. It actually said, I'll be at that myself this weekend, Gar. Have to do my own for the missus and the mothers. Saint Gar of Donegal, says P. Taylor. Fucking right, lad, says Gar MacDonald. And that was it. They went back to the Zen. They went back to the coffee. They went back to everything. And everything seems to be absolutely fine now. That was the latest edition of the Telegram Chronicles. What do you reckon to that, Kev? I love the Zen bit. I love how they honestly thought they got away with it. They thought we'd be quiet and we'd say nothing. They made a statement big at the start saying, It started off with great intentions. The world is paved with great intentions. Yes. Um, and it went rapid down ra- downhill rapidly. Didn't take it didn't take much progress. No, it didn't. It took three sentences, Kev. Um Madge Apple says this is like Roddy Doyle's yes. cross with Samuel Beckett. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Listen, I can send John the notes. It's no problem. Um Christmas movie question, says Rory. Ooh. Before we finish. Is there a Christmas film that people try to watch each year of because of nostalgic value? Scrooge Bill Murray nineteen eighty eight is mine. Yeah. That's what that's right up there for me. That mm. and the Muppet Christmas Carol. 
um, it's Look, always die hard for me. Christmas. I always try to watch it for um, nostalgia. Uh, yeah, but it's not a Christmas movie. Well, you see, it is, but um, and then yeah, but it's just a movie set during and Christmas. Is there, time. is there any other ones? Um, oh God, there's, there's loads of Christmas films. But do I try? Watch um, oh, what's the the one Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street? Not I. I like the original. I mm. remember watching the original when I was really young. Um, the Black. And White. I think Elf might be the one. Elf is good as well, yeah. I mean, Elf. I love yeah. anything that you can just sit down for two hours, put your feet up, turn your phone off, and just not have to think about anything. Not have yeah, to my, think about the film. Not have to think. It's it's just I love it. My, my wife and daughter and I would would immediately default towards Deck the Halls and uh, Christmas with the Cranks because you just sit there and it just <laughs> evolves in front of you and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, he says, "Who? So who are you going to pick for sausage of the week on Sunday? Well, there's three people in the run." Um, I'm going to tell you that much, um, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, Megan McCallum says Home Alone and Elf. Yeah, um, so there you go. Uh, Brian O'Sullivan seems to have taken the Chronicles well. Um, Gary Max says that was cathartic, so I'm presuming he's taken that well. Ke- Emma is hiding somewhere. Um, he got another mention, but um, don't be afraid to speak in the members group. You know, because you may come across as mental, and then you may come across as the really one same person. We're in the mayhem. Um, and look, it's only a bleeding old chat. Like, you know, we're not, you're not in there giving your bank details. I'm not reading them out. Do you know the sort of way? Um, Hostile Hostages is an underrated Xmas film. Brilliant black humor. What the hell is that? Never heard of it. Never, never heard of that. I have to take no. that one out. Oh, speaking of which, my missus said you were dead right. Mint Terry chocolate orange or mint Terry, mint Terry, Terry, Terry chocolate mint. Yeah, life changing. Said sensational. It may be the she best mint chocolate out there. Yeah, yeah, she said. Yeah, I, I, I'll trust. I'll trust them in future. He says. She said. Yeah, in future, like she's just sitting there for the last <coughs> fucking four well, years. She was a bit. Don't mm, mind him. Yeah. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, but hostile hostages. I'm gonna have to look and look at that. Um, and I usually think Madge Apple is winding us up, but she's genuinely not. Um, she's she's genuinely not. Uh, right, will we go? Because we've gone past the forty minutes Mesma. again. We're getting we're, not, we're getting worse at this than rather than better. I know. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for talking about uh, Newcastle. Thanks for talking about Spurs and Everton and West Ham. Uh, the Telegram Chronicles. Um, the Mint. Uh, Terry's Chocolate Orange. Hostile Hostages is your film recommendation for today. It's a wonderful life. It's worth a watch every couple of years, says Scouser P. And is the mint one still orange-shaped? Yes, they're still in the... They, they're, they're still around, the you know, with the, with the little bits that come out of them. Um, <coughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's still, it just looks like a Terry's Chocolate Orange, but it's just mint. Like, how how like more simple can I explain this to people? Go into the shop and go to buy a Terry's chocolate orange. When you go to buy a Terry's chocolate orange, you look on the shelf, look to the left of the Terry's chocolate orange or the right, and you will see a very similar box with Terry's written on it, but it'll just say mint instead of orange. That's all I can say. Um, It's coming up as The Ref at Madge Apple. Is it a 1994 film? So you're looking for Hostile Hostages or The Ref. The Ref, R-E-F. Um... American titles as Madge Apple. So there you go. Um, yeah, because yeah, um, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and have a look at that. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna have, have a look. See if I can find this. Yeah, me too. All right, 
Um, that's it. We were meant to have a show tonight on the title, but Chris is being struck down. He's not well at all. He messaged me first thing this morning. So we're going to pull that off. So we're going to attempt to try to do the three title shows next week. So we have a night off tonight, which I think we're allowed. We've been on every bleeding morning and night um, this week. We're back tomorrow with reaction to Crystal Palace. We're back on Sunday then with the Sunday night show. And then we're barreling back into... Um, Monday mornings, 10 a.m., every morning at 10 a.m., Telegram Chronicles and all sorts of stuff um, for a bit of crack in the morning. That has been it. Thanks to me and to Kev. Thanks to me and to everyone in the chat. If you're in here and you haven't hit like, hit the like button, please, on your way out. Leave a comment afterwards as well, if you can, if you're watching now, if you're watching later on, or if you're listening, find a way of giving us some sort of feedback. It would be absolutely excellent. Have a really nice Friday. Up the Reds. 4-1 tomorrow against Palace. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.